Can online retailers buy our loyalty? Probably. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. There's nothing new about retail customer loyalty programs. They've been around for years, primarily as a means for traditional retailers to mine information on the people who are shopping in their stores. For the customer, it can mean rewards in the form of discounts and special offers. For example, Sears's revamped Shop Your Way program allows shoppers to accumulate points that can be redeemed in the form of big discounts on future purchases. It also offers members exclusive offers via email. But is this the future of loyalty programs, or does Sears and other old-line retailers have a ways to go before matching the marketing genius of Amazon.com? Today I'm speaking with Tom Caparazzo, CEO of Claris Commerce, who will guide us through the most effective loyalty programs and talk about why they succeed and others don't. We'll find out what it means to have a full premium loyalty experience. We'll discuss the possibility of loyalty burnout. And we'll address the question of whether the concept of loyalty holds any meaning at all in the age of the fickle e-commerce shopper. So here is my conversation with Tom Caparazzo. Tom Caparasso, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Bob. Let's talk about loyalty programs, and let's start by talking about one specific one, that is Sears's revamped Shop Your Way program. Based on what Sears is offering, do you believe that that particular program can succeed? Well, it's an interesting program. It's starting as a free program, and I think many of the benefits of the program are, are good benefits. I think the CEO, Eddie Lampert, is pretty bullish on it in that it's driving a lot of information and data, and as well as accounting for 70% of their sales. And millions of customers are in there and accounting for 70% of their sales. So I think as a foundational loyalty program, it is a good program. I think the trigger there is how do you get the customers to ultimately engage more and get to those higher thresholds. I believe they have a silver, a gold, and a platinum based on really purchase volume in a calendar year. So it's really trying to move the needle up to uh, generate more purchases and ultimately more revenue. And yet I believe you see that there are some problematical aspects to it. Do you feel like there are ways in which it falls short compared with other existing more successful loyalty programs? Well, I think the benefits are a good start. I think the piece that we've always been really focused on is a couple different things. One is the idea around premium loyalty and paying a subscription fee to a program 
ultimately driving more value, enhanced value, more benefits into the program, a la uh, an Amazon Prime or a freeshipping.com or things of that nature. The second piece is we, we don't see a lot of innovation and, and thought around Shop Your Way. It is the program that has been out there, has been out there for quite a while. So I think the piece with loyalty, premium loyalty, however you think about that, it is not a a set and forget idea. It's about really driving new innovation, new benefits, trying to figure out what's working, what's not working, and continue to optimize the program. And I think that's part of what's missing on the Sears program. I understand that you believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that points-based frequency loyalty programs rarely are successful in the long term. If that's the case, why do you feel that way? I do believe that. I think points, as you think about the broader loyalty picture, is something that worked, let's say, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, You know, you get your points. I think the piece that people are looking for now, consumers are looking for, is those enterprise loyalty solutions, the kind of experiential solutions that both online and as well as in store are impactful to their either their shopping and saving them money or much more focused on experiential in terms of how they're received in the store, how their full experience from an end-to-end is really created. So driving points to drive loyalty is something that was done well 20 years ago, but I think the consumer of today has dramatically changed and they're not willing to pay up front to get points later. They really want those instant benefits, that instant gratification, and that could be in the form of value in terms of savings or shipping or whatever it might be, or it might be in the broader experiential that they have a great consumer experience, that they get exclusivity to certain events or things of that nature. So it's really changed because the consumer has changed based on where we are today. But are we not inundated by loyalty programs? As I understand it, Americans are enrolled in an average of 29 loyalty programs. How can we even keep track of those? Some of them require us to carry cards around. We don't even remember if we've been in one. You know, is there a glut of loyalty programs out there today? Yeah, loyalty is a very interesting space. Obviously, we sit in that space and we see that same data. And the piece with computers today and obviously mobile phones, loyalty is a click away. So making the right offer at the right time and putting together a program is really, really important. So the data that's not really shown and that honestly we don't have data is that you might be enrolled in 29 programs. How many are you really active in? And I think that's the piece where a free email, you put an email and you get into a free program, you may be enrolled kind of in air quotes in that program, but what are you really doing to drive loyalty in that program? And I think those are the pieces that the retailers are struggling with to try to figure out how do we engage these consumers? How do we add value into these programs? And hold, how do we ultimately drive these consumers to our KPIs? And KPIs could be more store visits. It could be more purchases. It could be more revenue. But 29 programs is a lot. And I think the consumer of today is asking for less hurdles, less friction, more instant gratification, more instant value, again, either in form of dollars or in experiences. And they're pushing these retailers to think outside the box. Some of them are absolutely doing that, and some of them are holding firm to some of their legacy programs. 
Now, it is my understanding that if you go back, if you trace back to the beginning of loyalty programs, when it was purely a brick-and-mortar retail experience, I thought that those loyalty programs originally were launched just to find out who the customer was, just to get information about the customer. And of course, now with e-commerce coming along, I wonder if that just obviates that need, since by definition, a customer shopping online, that person's information is going to be known by the retailer. So that aspect of loyalty programs appears to have kind of faded in, in terms of importance, Does it, has it not? It has. In many ways, loyalty programs of the past, specifically brick and mortar, were data aggregation tools. You could walk in as Bob, I can walk in as Tom, and you wouldn't know who I was and what I was buying to ultimately drive more purchases. And I think that's where the start of loyalty programs was. We need to get information on these folks. Today, as you say, e-commerce, mobile commerce, we're giving a lot of information about who we are, where we live, and then obviously everything is tracked from a click rate and a purchase rate to what we're viewing, what we're buying, how often we're buying, and that all goes into the customer profile. I think the companies that are getting it are taking that data figuring out what's the best offer, best product to now put in front of Bob or Tom, because we have all this data, and Tom likes these three things, and Bob likes these three things, and they can really start to target those promotions. And that's where loyalty has changed from a data engagement tool to a much more broader view of it. And I think with e-commerce and mobile commerce is just the pure competition of retailers out there trying to vie for those dollars and vie for those eyeballs has kept loyalty at the forefront to try to drive more people back to their site or mobile site because there's so much competition out there. There's so many tools that are now in the power of the consumer hands from a like a shopping comparison engine online where you can put in the product you want and you're going to get 10, 12, 15 different offers best price, shipping deals, et cetera, et cetera, versus walking into that brick-and-mortar store and only having the pick of that SKUs that are in that store at that time. So the power has really moved to the consumers, but loyalty is still a very important part because now the competition has essentially tenfold in terms of what it was, say, 20 years ago. Can we divide loyalty programs into two categories? That is, those that are free, you simply sign up and you're in, versus those that require a fee? And if so, are we moving more in the direction of the fee-based ones? And then in, in line with that, greater customer expectations as to what they get out of it. Yeah, we definitely see the trend moving more towards the fee-based premium loyalty is what we coined for that. And ultimately, Amazon Prime at the forefront of that is, in our view, in my view, is the greatest loyalty program ever created. And that is a fee-based program at $100 a year with tremendous value. I mean, it started as a two-day shipping, fast shipping engine uh, or program, and it has enhanced itself and optimized and add features and functionality to a really phenomenal level that's really pushing all retailers to think about their programs and think about fee versus free. And if it is fee, what types of benefits and features and functionality? Because like you say, Customers, if they raise their hand and take out their credit card and pay a fee, are expecting a much higher value from those programs versus an email and getting maybe blanket emails and promotions. They want more targeted 
promotions and, and deals. They want free shipping. They want free returns. They want potentially movies and lending library, everything that Prime's doing for those dollars. And I think retailers are trying to figure that out and trying to have those internal discussions, discussions with us, discussions with others around what is the right mix for their customer base. But is Amazon Prime really literally a loyalty program at all? I mean, I'm thinking loyalty programs are based on supposedly how loyal you are. In other words, the more you buy, the more advantages and perks you get from your membership. Whereas in Amazon Prime, I pay 99 bucks a year. It doesn't matter how often I shop with Amazon. If I give them that money, I get the benefits of the program. It, has, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with loyalty per se. So as you think about the definition of loyalty, it is allegiance to a store or a brand or a person. As you overlay the data of an Amazon Prime, a non-Prime customer shops there, spends maybe five to $700 a year. A Prime customer is in the fourteen to $1,700 range. And they're going to Amazon first. And in most cases, 50% of the time, they're going there first to search for items. So as you think about the broader view of loyalty, their loyalty that an Amazon brand because they know they can get a wide range of products and fast shipping and then ultimately layering on videos and lending library and all the other benefits that Prime brings to the table. So if you look at it from a pure view of what loyalty means, those customers are being very loyal. Now you overlay the $99, I understand. If you don't use it, you lose it, but people are clearly using that program and being loyal to the Amazon brand. And it does seem that as a result, Amazon has essentially redefined what a loyalty program is, and maybe others are now falling into line and trying the same thing. I know Walmart was attempting its own program. Yeah, I think they're pushing the envelope. and They don't disclose information on Prime from their public documents, but you can see the power of Prime. You can see how much focus and attention they're putting on Prime if you look at how they're spending money to acquire customers, the advertising and branding they're doing around Prime. So it's definitely working and moving the needle. What I think that's doing, and as we talk to retailers for sure, they're feeling the effect of Prime and Amazon in general in how people are either joining Prime or going to Amazon and making more purchases, so which is pushing them to think more broadly around what type of program they might have for their programs if it was a fee-based or a premium loyalty program. So I think Amazon is moving the industry to really think differently about loyalty in general and what that ultimately means for retailers and consumers in today's day and age. Give me an example of one or two others who are doing some really interesting and innovative stuff with loyalty programs. I think Restoration Hardware is a very interesting one where essentially the CEO came out and said, look, we're going to get rid of all coupons and discounts and we're going to bundle it all into a program. And they're also paying a $99 or $100 fee for customers. They've gone out there publicly and said it's working well for them. The other one that's really interesting is, and it was just a small pilot, but Bed Bath & Beyond did a pilot last year around a program called Beyond Plus, which is integrating their 20% off coupon as well as free shipping for a low annual fee to see if customers will, uh, one, join the program, and two, engage and ultimately spend more at, at Bed Bath Beyond. So still early, but interesting to have these type of companies think about these programs in a more meaningful way. Sephora also has a low-priced product out there that seems to be doing very well. Sephora in general treats their premium loyalty customers well online with savings and offers, but also gets some exclusivity and some of the experiences in store. So I think that's a good 
interesting program that talks about the kind of the bridge between online and offline brick and mortar. You know, we hear about the increasing fickleness of the e-commerce or the omni-channel shopper to the mm-hmm. point where you begin to wonder whether loyalty even means anything anymore. What is, I mean, the whole concept of loyalty and the whole concept of brand identity, is it being endangered by customer behavior? And might going forward that just sort of might undermine the whole concept of loyalty programs? I think it may mean that loyalty programs are all that more important. And I think trying to, to harness and garner those customers to your brand is much more important today than ever. And I think most times in the past, customers were either loyal to a brand like an Under Armour or Nike or a store like Kohl's or or Walmart. And obviously with the differential and, and kind of huge assortment of retailers and opportunities to shop and ultimately save money, loyalty becomes an even more impactful and important thing. And that's why I think a program that's focused around premium loyalty that has enhanced value, enhanced features and functionality are, are more important today than ever. And I think people just went to Caldors and Bradleys back in the day because that's where they shopped or that's where their parents shopped and that's where they grew up in a store. And now the exposure of all these other opportunities really makes loyalty that much more important. Now, loyalty, as it was envisioned 20 or 30 years ago, absolutely has changed and will continue to change. I think the companies that are able to adapt and learn from all the data that they're getting from customers both online and offline will ultimately make those programs more impactful for their consumers as well as for them driving more of those KPIs that they're focused on. So what kind of interesting forms do you think loyalty programs might take going forward, new innovations, new ideas in the years ahead? Well, I think if you look at the impact of mobile, I think you're going to see a lot more innovation around the use of the mobile device in-store, having that device essentially a computer with you at all times, either geo-targeting or in-store targeting or promotions driven to when you walk in that door but at that day, what's, what's the the hottest or best deal and pushing that right out to the phone when that consumer's in the store. I think that mobile device kind of really bridges the gap of technology and bringing that technology into the store. So I could see a lot of innovation and thought around mobile. I think the companies that are doing things well are the ones that bridge the online and brick and mortar programs as one holistic program and really embracing loyalty from an enterprise level, looking at it from the consumer's point of view, regardless of where they shop and what channel they shop through, catalog, online, or store, and really have having the, the benefits and features touch all of those channels. I think those are the things that you'll start to see. I think the, the folks that are embracing it as a large enterprise program versus a snap-on or add-on are the ones that are going to really do well. And I think the third piece is more the personalization and the, the, the amount of data that we're giving to these retailers is immense. And that's a very good thing. And that's a hard thing for people to navigate from a systems and point of view to say, all this data, what do I do with it? How do I use it? What's the most effective way to power my loyalty programs or power my promotion strategy and having the tools and programs in-house that ultimately are harnessing that data and then bringing it back out to the consumer at the right time with the right offer and the right product that they're looking for will have huge impacts if you do it right. And it will raise the expectations of consumers to have those three levers, the price and promotion and product at the right time, 
companies that aren't doing it well or not able to harness their systems might be on a legacy system, they're going to really struggle um, because the consumer expectations are going to continue to rise as companies are pushing the envelope and doing it the right way. You mentioned the idea of personalization, and in fact, we've seen in, in science fiction movies and we've heard futurist-type consultants talk about the era when you can walk into a store and all of a sudden your phone will say, welcome, Tom, welcome back. Mm -hmm. We see you're in the store. We see what you bought before. Why don't you come over here? There's a great deal on this and, and all this kind of stuff. How would your wife like so something like that? We hear about that, and it does seem to be a very real possibility for the future. I'm just wondering if at some point there might not be some customer pushback about that, like, you know too much about me. Stop this. Or mm -hmm. is, the, is the thirst for special service on the part of the consumer, is it infinite? Yeah, so you're essentially talking about Minority Report, that old, that, I guess it's old, I don't yeah. know how old the Tom <laughs> That's Cruise the famous movie is, one. but when they walked in the store, the, the displays changed because it scanned his, his eyes, you know, so uh, we're not there yet, but we are giving a tremendous amount of information to these retailers, and I think there will be a group of folks that love it and love that they know who I am, they know what I like, they know what I shop for, and ultimately they're giving me offers, discounts, value to that vertical. And there is going to be a batch that says, whoa, this is too much. How do they know this information? Uh, I don't want them to know this. And I think the majority of people are going to be in the, the first group because they're going to like that they know who they are and they're going to like that they know that they're an Under Armour shopper, so they're going to give them great discounts and offers on Under Armour, and that's ultimately going to help them save money or whatever it might be. You will still have a, a minority that thinks it's too much or gone too far, and I think stores are going to have to balance that and listen to their consumers, what they like and what they don't like, and then use it accordingly. And I think the key for all these retailers is the ability to be agile and flexible and listen to their consumers because the consumers have all the power today. They have a lot of outlets to share their thoughts and feelings versus, again, 20, 30 years ago. And the, the stores that are listening and addressing those needs are going to do really well and are going to build those brand relationships with those customers. The ones that are turning their air to it and not listening are not going to do well, and they're ultimately going to struggle. So I think you're going to have people in both buckets. Well, fascinating portrait you paint of today and tomorrow with regard to the importance of loyalty programs for retailers, both online, brick-and-mortar, and omni-channel. Tom Caparasso, I want to thank you so much for joining us to talk about this issue, and we'll follow it and see what happens and maybe check in with you again at a later date and see whether some of this has come true. But thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Bob. That was my conversation with Tom Caparazzo of Claris Commerce, talking about the past, present, and future of customer loyalty programs. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.